Today in the Chokesland Wrestling Report, behind the curtain segment, we're going to go through Crown Jewel. We're going to review that show, give you my thoughts and my opinions on the matches. It wasn't a bad pay-per-view at all. It was pretty good. We're going to be talking about that. Also, we're going to be talking about New Japan's Power Struggle show and whatnot and the great matches that were in it. We're not going to go through all the matches, but we're going to talk what's going on and Will Ospreay again seems to amaze me all the time so we're going to be talking about that and much more on the chokesland wrestling report behind the curtain segment coming up we came out here to tell you to your face you can't get ready for us no sir Welcome to another episode of the Choke Slam Wrestling Report. I am your host, the infamous Ultimate One. So we're doing a behind the curtain segment and whatnot. So we're going to go and do the Crown Jewel review. So we're going to start this off real quick and whatnot. We're not just going to waste time and whatnot. So we're going to talk about Crown Jewel uh, and whatnot. The, the show was pretty good. I cannot... Uh, say that the show was not good it was pretty good i just didn't like uh the part when they brought in the miz and, and wallers you know grace grace and wallers that that was ridiculous i don't know why they did that but i think that was the only i could say the only tarnished part of the show and when not they brought in some ham and egger actor who i never heard of from saudi arabia do you really need to do that but anyway but the match, the first match that started, and it started off real good. It was the World Heavyweight Champion Seth Rollins versus Drew McIntyre. The match itself was pretty good. It lived up to the hype. Actually, it was the best match of the night. They stole the show and whatnot. I don't think anybody else could have uh, uh, topped that through the whole night. Maybe the Cody Royals versus Damian Priest, which was pretty good. But let's talk about this one now. As you guys know that uh, Damian Priest uh, is always lurking to see if he could cash in the Money in the Bank uh, briefcase. So, but we also got Rhea Ripley, who during the you know the setup for this match, she was trying to get Seth Rollins to have her or the Judgment Day help him against his match against Drew McIntyre. The same was said for Drew McIntyre after the match where Mr. Seth Rollins hit his curb stump on Drew McIntyre and whatnot after hitting him with first of all the 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 pedigree which doesn't look great at all I mean I think Triple H did it best then he did two pedigree on Drew McIntyre and both of them looked at weak but at the same time again I respect Mr. Seth Rollins because he's still wrestling with that bad back and whatnot so you know he still put a great match and whatnot it was after the match which is had me was saying to myself well you know what's gonna happen now because we heard drew not drew but uh damian priest music comes out and he's trying to go in 
and try to cash in his money in the bank briefcase. So he gives the, the briefcase to the referee. I'm thinking, okay, my man is done. He's gonna get uh he's gonna get the title. And out of nowhere, a black hooded guy jumps over the the barricades, pushes Damien Priest against the 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 ring post and steals the briefcase, turns out to be Sami Zayn. Now Sami Zayn, of course, uh he took the briefcase, ran with it for the reasons of he doesn't want judgment day ruling uh raw and giving them more power by taking the world title and as you guys saw uh last night or no monday night actually uh you saw that um you know seth rollins ended up giving a title shot to Sami Zayn, which was a pretty good match also which pretty much just set up the whole war games and whatnot so that whole situation sets up the war games now the question is to for me is where does this leave Jerome McIntyre? Now, I had had the last couple of months a Twitter fellow who loves Drew McIntyre and was arguing me back and forth that Drew McIntyre deserved the world title because when he won the belt, he won it when there was no nobody around. And you know, granted that is true. He didn't want, he, he, he was just a bad luck, a bad situation. And that was pretty much his story behind the whole thing about him not winning the title with people in it because of the pandemic. Um, I thought that Drew McIntyre was going to win the match because, you know, how much more can Seth Rollins go with that bad back? And apparently that did not happen. But you also saw Rhea Ripley after this the whole debacle with Damon Priest where Drew McIntyre was in the back defeated Rhea Ripley looked at him like okay I told you so you should have took my help so now where this leads Drew McIntyre is he going to be even though he's not part of the war games coming up as uh, Survivor Series is he going to be a factor that causes Cody Rose team and Seth Rollins team to lose for some untold reason. Well, we're going to see because he's been doing like this heel turn type thing, but he didn't take Judgment Day's offer. So that's that's something to, I guess, to pay attention to. We'll see on that. The next match was the Rhea Ripley's women's title defend against four other women for the fireway for the women's world title, which included Nia Jax, Zoe Starks, Shayna Baszler, Raquel Gonzalez. Now, the, I might be missing one. I'm not sure. I don't think so. Uh, five, all five of these women were legit challengers. Rhea Ripley came out with this crow-like look. And when I, I didn't understand the whole thing with a bunch of Saudi Arabia guys coming out. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't get that part. I don't know. You know, And I'm not going to comment on it because I don't know what was the whole purpose of that. But... Um, you know, Rhea Ripley looked good. Nia Jax should never be anywhere in that wrestling ring. That woman left for almost two years or got let go two years ago. She has not improved in that wrestling ring. Tell me otherwise. And again, tell me when I'm telling lies. Because this woman, you know, she came in dominant, I may say, but when back in the days, but she was then again, she was kind of lazy when 
when she was in WWE before she got let go and she was just being, you know, uh, uh, not safe in the ring. Now she comes back and all she does is little move here and there. And she's like, I don't know. I, I didn't, she did not impress me at all. Zoe Stark, on the other hand, Zoe Stark shown that, you know, she, she, she's getting better and whatnot. And, and she's probably the future in the company. Now, Raquel Rodriguez, I always said that WWE messed that woman up. Raquel Rodriguez, when she was in NXT, she was a dominant force to be with, you know, to, to deal with, actually. And I don't know what happened, but she's not the same. Raquel Rodriguez has not been the same. You know, she, she's a girl's almost seven feet tall, whatever the case may be. And she doesn't look like a killer in that ring. You know what I'm saying? Again, tell me otherwise. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, Rhea Ripley won the fireway by dropping, I believe it was, um, I think it was Zoe Stark she grabbed, and she pretty much riptied her on top, I believe, of Raquel Gonzalez while she was covering Shayna Baszler. That was a crazy feat. But then again, now, my question is, who is Rhea Ripley's next challenger? You know what I'm saying? Is it Becky or they're bringing Jay Carhill already to Raw? Because right now, the only one right now legit as a challenger is Becky Lynch. You know what I'm saying? Now, if they're bringing in Jay Carhill, Jay Carhill is not ready. I don't think she's ready for to be in Raw. You know what I'm saying? Uh, this is not AEW. You're not going to go in there. I think you're going to do these moves and blah, blah, blah. I'm sure. I mean, who is going to be the next challenger for Rhea Ripley's? Because right now, she's just defeated the most five dominant women right now. Or the last four dominant women in there. And whatnot. So I I don't know what to deal with that and whatnot. So uh, who knows? Now the next match was Solo Sikoa versus John Cena, and this is a sign that John Cena is retiring soon. I don't know, but he did put over Solo Sikoa. I think Solo Sikoa by John Cena um, pretty much putting him over. A lot of people were saying that John Cena got buried. How did he get buried? He didn't get buried. The guy don't need to win. He doesn't need to win. Okay. Y'all still got this fantasy that he should still wrestle and get win his 17 world title. That's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. He wants to win the Intercontinental Champion. He was in, I think, uh, uh, in, in Corey Gray's podcast. He wants to win the, 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 you know, the Intercontinental Champion. He never won. Uh, he wants to win another Money in the Bank. Dude, like, that's off out of your reach right now, your job is to put the younger talent over, and that's exactly what he did with Solo Sikoa. But people want him to win for what? How is that helping Solo Sikoa? Solo Sikoa is part of the bloodline. He's the enforcer of the bloodline, and he's going to lose to John Cena? And if he would have lost to John Cena, I probably would have been pissed off because Solo Sikoa is the real shit. Again, I don't watch WWE like a lot of people do, but I trust me, I see what's going on. And Solo Sikoa needed to get over. It wasn't it wasn't for John Cena to win. Not at all. And whatnot. Now the Logan Paul and Mysterio match was pretty decent. I'm not gonna say no. I mean Logan Paul, he does very well in the ring and whatnot. I just don't like the fact that he won, that he beat uh Rey Mysterio for the United States title. I'm gonna talk about that after I do this whole review and whatnot. My thing is people especially a lot of podcasts, it was like, oh, they didn't like the finish of the Rey Mysterio and Logan Paul match because Santo Escobar went after the goofball that runs with Paul Logan, 
on Logan Paul. Um, and he went and took the, bra- uh, the brass knuckles away from him and put the brass knuckles in the middle of, not the middle of the ring, but the middle of the edge of the ring. Uh, and people were like, oh, but that's stupid because Santo Escobar, you know, is supposed to be helping. Us. No, because for months they've been saying that Santo Escobar is going to turn on Rey Mysterio. I mean, that's a storyline right there itself. He, you know, after the match, Logan Paul used the brass knuckles to, to hit Rey Mysterio to beat him for the belt. He told him, oh, you know, good match, whatever. And Mysterio said, you know what you did. So pretty much, who is to say that Santo Escobar was in the works with Logan Paul and knew where to set put those brass knucks at. You know what I'm saying? But people always complain about stupid stuff. It's like they don't use their, their head, the logic of it. It's pretty much, I saw the match. He went and put the damn brass knuckles right there. Here, come and get them. I'm going to act like I didn't I didn't do that on purpose. Come on. There are people, I don't know, the crybabies, yo. Seriously. Uh, and the next uh, and the next match was uh, the women's world title match. There was uh, the was it? Uh, oh my God! What's the name? Uh, Bianca Belair versus Eo Sky. Great match. Everything went accordingly to the way it was supposed to be. But Kyrie Zane showed up, and she is back in WWE. She helped Eo Sky beat Bianca Belair after she interfered in that match and cost um, Bianca Belair the title. But the crazy part is, you saw Bailey, who was trying to help Io Sky, but she was a non-factor, was in shock seeing Kyrie uh, Zane. Uh, my thing is, if Kyrie Zane is back in WWE, is he even going to get a world title ring? Not a world title shot, a world title ring or she's going to be lost again in the shuffle like she was before she got those tag team belts with uh, Oscar and whatnot. Are we going to see her get lost again in the shuffle? Well, you know, who knows? We'll see. But, I mean, Kyrie Zane should deserve, if you brought her back, she should get at least a world title ring. Either this Raw, SmackDown title, something. Something. Or, the, you know, it's, you know it's, it's, it's crazy because... Or her and Kyrie Zane versus Io Sky wrestle against each other. Now, there is word that there's going to be another female coming in that they're going to bring in. Now, it's not Jillia because she's she signed all the way to um, March of next year and whatnot. So she ain't coming to WWE. So all you WWE stands who who like, oh, like giving a rat's ass about this woman that you never probably never seen the wrestle and whatnot. She's not coming in. And Soraya, Soraya, whatever her name is, she's not coming in. So now the question, who are they bringing in to be part of a new group that is EO Sky and Kyrie Zane? Now, the thing is, where does lead damage control? They're breaking up. So that's that's something to check. The, to check. Damien Priest versus um, Cody Rose that I, I think, again, I knew Cody was going to win this match. It was pretty good. It was, I think... He got the biggest pop um, when Cody came out with the, you know, whatever, you know, um, he got the, it was a pretty decent match. Of course, Judgment Day got involved in that uh, and the Cody Rose continued. It would have been nice if, if Priest should have put the briefcase on the line against Cody Rose. This would have made it more interesting for the simple fact that then they, uh, Roman Reigns will have to worry 
when Cody is going to cash in the money in the bank briefcase and whatnot, you know, um, so, but they didn't do that. They didn't do that. I said that on my podcast this past Sunday. They didn't do that. So last but not least, it was the LA Knight versus Roman Reigns. I still say, why the hell they did this so early? And I mean, it was a pretty decent match. Uh, of course, Roman Reigns dominated most, of, not most of the match, but halfway through the match. Uh, you know, uh, LA Knight came back, but the, the interference, again, what I call the garbage ending, the interference and whatnot, the kid coming in and out and whatnot. And it's, it, you know, J- Jimmy Uso came out and then so does Sokoa come out. Paul Heyman getting involved. It was like five minutes in and Paul Heyman's already getting involved, you know, interfering. And, and at the end, you know, Roman Reigns speared, uh, you know, LA Knight through, uh, you know, through the, uh, through the railing outside and then he speared them again to win the match. Now my question is, where does LA Knight go after this, losing to Roman Reigns? Will he challenge Logan Paul for the United States title? That is to be seen. So, you know, pretty much, um, that's that's my review on it, but I'm gonna come back and tell you a couple of things that I saw and I heard after this event was over, and something that Michael Cole said that had me, I mean, talk about how the WWE is misinforming they fan base with bullshit reports. We'll be right back with more of that. This is the infamous ultimate one from the boogie down bronze and you're listening to the chokeslam wrestling report So let's talk a little bit about a couple of my opinions and feedback of what I saw in, you know, the Crown Jewel event. Now, the first thing I want to talk about that I believe I've been arguing since Saturday and debating with people. And I even put a poll online about the U.S. title. Yes, the U.S. title that. Um, Logan Paul won and how I feel that the people who actually held that belt in the past um, like the Wahoo McDaniels, the Ric Flair Varishing Rick Rue, Steve Austin who else? Arjun Slaughter uh, you know um, the list goes on and on and people out of nowhere were like telling me oh um you know, oh, it's not true. Now the United States title is going to be looked at upon even more now because Rogan Paul has it. Uh, you know, he got 6 million followers and that's going to make people look at WWE and whatnot. Well, you know what? I agree on that part and whatnot. So I did a, 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 a poll and whatnot. And the final result was 62% of people. I asked, first of all, I'm asked as a pro wrestling fan, do you think that with Logan Paul winning the United States title, does it tarnish the history of the belt? Men like Flair, Steamboat, Austin, Rick Rule have worn this historic championship. 62% said no. 
And 37.5% said yes. Now, and I know for a fact, and you know what? At this point that I've been doing this podcast for a long time, I always try to not step on people's foot or toes, if you can say that. That's the way the term is. Because, you know, I don't want the backlash. And all. You know what? And, I, you know, at this point, I don't give a rat's ass. Because at this point, I'm the one who in this platform, I own this platform. And I'm going to speak my mind on this platform. Just consider me, as say, a heel podcaster. Yes, I've become a heel. Because when it comes to WWE, I have become the heel podcaster. I'm not the fan favorite. Because at the end of the day, even though... I put that poll and it came out and said, no, that goes to show me that the majority of people or the majority of wrestling fans that watch wrestling today, I could bet you if I was to tell them, give me 10 wrestlers, top 10 United States title holders, top 10, they won't come out. They'll come out with most of the names will be from WWE. They won't say Dusty Rose held that belt. Alex Luger held that belt. Sting held that belt. Wahoo McDaniel held that belt. Okay. Harley, I believe Harley Race held it. If I'm not, I think so. But Ricky Steamboat held that belt. So there is lineage from those days to this United States title and whatnot. And you got the great Eddie Guerrero held the United States title while he was, I think, the first one when the WWE introduced the United States title into their fall back, I think, in 2003, okay? So you mean to tell me because Logan Paul has 6 million followers, okay? Now, mind you again, I'm going to say this again, that he is not a bad wrestler. He's not, okay? He's not a bad wrestler, okay? Uh, my thing is, you know, he's... He, he's not a wrestler. He's not a wrestler. Legitimately, legitimately, he is not a wrestler. Okay. I mean, he's a so far what he has learned. I got to give him credit. But let's be realistic. Eight matches, and he's already the United States champion. And then Triple H had the nerve to say, "Oh, congratulations to the man who had only eight matches to win the United States title." Okay. Now, the, the crazy part is that, you know, he's not going to be every week in SmackDown. So that's another problem. Not only that we have Roman Reigns sitting at home and not showing up at SmackDown, but now we're going to have Logan Paul walking around with his United States title and whatnot, and his podcast. And so he's going to show it off. Now, again, I'm not, I'm not you know, uh, saying that what he's doing is bad. Because, yes, he's putting the title on the eyes of people who doesn't watch WWE. So you're trying to bring in new new audience. Now, my question is to me, and I'll, I'm going to say this. Yeah, you may have 6 million followers. And those 6 million followers are not going to start following you because you're in WWE and you got that title. But once you lose those that title, are those 6 million followers going to continue watching WWE? Unless you show up? Because you know, he doesn't show up all the time. He's a part-timer. He's a part-timer. You know what I'm saying? Now, something happened in his match with him and Rey Mysterio where everybody's saying that he saved Mysterio's career. Now, I agree with that to a certain extent. 
And I'm going to tell you why. Because Rey Mysterio went for Munzo off the ropes. And if Logan Paul does not catch him, Mysterio lands head first with his body coming down, crashing in the mat. But it is also Logan Paul's fault for not being at the spot where he was supposed to be at. Okay? But it was both of their fault. One, because, well, do you blame Rey Mysterio? Mysterio went for the move. Logan Paul was not at his spot. But Logan Paul saved Mysterio's career. Because if Logan Paul does not catch Rey Mysterio, God knows if it would have been a, a, a disaster. Mysterio right now would have been injured. Would probably with a broken neck. God knows what type of injury. But Logan Paul saved him. I got to give him that much. You know what I'm saying? Now, another thing that I noticed about Logan Paul, and everybody's talking about, oh, he can have a match with Ricochet because, you know, Rick, he lost, Ricochet lost to him. And, you know, then I remember when they were talking about, oh, everything's going to go viral and whatever, whatever. That, that, that didn't happen. If it did, it wasn't as much as they thought there was going to be. But anyway, but, now, everybody's talking about, well, now Ricochet could get a title shot at the United States title with Logan Paul to continue the feud, right? But no, that's not what Logan Paul was talking about at the press conference. He called out Bad Bunny. Yeah, you heard me correct. He called out Bad Bunny. Now, that made me more annoyed because I'm like saying to myself, well, let me let me find out. Then now the United States title... There's a prestige title with a lineage and a history of it. It's not going to be put in some comical bullshit match between Logan Paul and Bad Bunny. Two people, okay, one a cosplay who wants to act like he's a wrestler. I'm talking about Bad Bunny. And then Logan Paul, who is a wrestler because he's been in the ring a couple of times, and when, even though he's injury prone. But you know what I'm saying? Like, are you serious? Is this where we're going at? You know what I'm saying? And, and this might happen. It may not it's not gonna happen in Survivor Series, of course, but this might happen at Royal Rumble. But he did call Bad Bunny. Now, is it gonna happen? We don't know. Is it gonna happen in WrestleMania? I doubt it. Because the rumor was a couple of weeks ago that Logan Paul was gonna be Mysterio and then they were gonna put LA Knight versus Logan Paul. I mean, think about it. They got to put LA Knight somewhere. LA Knight's not getting another world title shot. This is what I was saying. Instead of them building him, building him, building him to then maybe wrestle Roman Reigns at Royal Rumble. But they didn't do that. You know what I'm saying? Now, don't get me wrong. The match with him and Roman Reigns doesn't make him look weak because there was a lot, a lot of outside interference. So that kind of saves his whole, you know, status as the megastar. You know what I'm saying? He's still, but the thing is, where does he go from here? Because he's not even part of the war games. You know what I'm saying? Unless SmackDown's having a war game against the judge, uh, against, uh, you know, against the bloodline. And if, I mean, you need four guys, right? And supposedly the word is Roman Reigns not showing up at Survivor Series. You know what I'm saying? So what's going to happen? You know what I'm saying? So the, the thing is, it's just it's just crazy because right now, with Logan Paul being the United States champion, now the question is, does he face LA Knight at WrestleMania? And LA Knight wins the United States title. That title, United States title, should have been with LA Knight's hand months ago. 
but they put it on Mysterio. Then they, they wanted Santo Escobar to turn heel. That never happened. Now he lost to Logan Paul. What is to happen? But anyway, let me bring up another conversation, something that happened during, before actually, before the match between Roman Reigns and LA Knight. Michael Cole was talking about stats. He talked about how Roman uh, Roman Reigns is looking to pass Hulk Hogan's record. Okay. Hulk Hogan's record, I believe, is 1,479 days. So it's another year. But he said, oh, Hulk Hogan is number two on the list, and the one in front of him is Bruno San Martino. Now, I was like, what? Did Michael Cole just went and lie to the audience and gave the wrong information to the fan base? Now, this is why I say that this new generation of WWE fans believe anything that guys like Michael Cole will tell you. Okay? And then when they talk, talk about, oh, how, you know, Roman Reigns is going to pass Hulk Hogan and then he's going to have to Bruce San Martino. Did someone forget about Bob Backlund? Because Bob Backlund had a five-year reign. Now, 60-something days after his reign, all right, a first ring because literally you know that Bob Backlund is a three-time world heavyweight champion. Okay, because Bob Backlund bit superstar Billy Graham in 1978 for the world title, but then lost the belt to Antonio Inoki in Japan, which WWE does not acknowledge because uh, Tiger G. Singh had interfered in the match in Japan between Antonio Inoki and Bob Backlund, and Antonio Inoki did not want to take the belt like that. And WWE never recognized that title ring from Antonio Inoki. So therefore, they still say that Bob Blackman never lost the belt. So he went continuously all the way to, you know, five-year ring. So Bob Blackman has a five-year ring from 1978 to 1983. Now, you could probably say, oh, well, one month did he lose the belt? One month did Bob Blackman won the belt? And when did he lose it? Well, I just finished saying it, February 1978. Bob Backlund beat Superstar Billy Graham, but lost the belt to Iron Sheik December 26 of 1983. Any more questions? You know what I'm saying? So how is it that you saying that Roman Reigns is going to pack Hulk Hogan for the number two spot when you got Bob Backlund in the number two spot and Hogan's number three with Bruno San Martino being number one? Again, this is the problem. The information that is given out there. And the thing is that everybody believes anything they see, anything they read today is even worse now. Because people see uh, the slight little thing and they want to, you know, um, say, oh, you know, um, uh, this guy's doing this guy and this guy is going to do this and WWE is going to get this one and they come into the performance center. It's because you people listen and Take wrong information. And this is why the WWE universe, most of the fans, if they're not, they're not people like myself, who's been watching wrestling since I was four, since the days of Bruno San Martino to now, you know, they don't know this. They just go, they don't do research. And this is why the IWC is so, so toxic. It is toxic. And people just be like, well, 
oh, you're just hating WWE. No, I'm not hating WWE. But when I hear stupidity like this, I'm going to correct it. So then my fan base that listens to me every week know that I bring you facts. I don't talk out of my ass. You know what I'm saying? I know what I'm talking about. Bob Backlund is number two. You don't believe me? Go check Wikipedia. Okay? And WWE has changed so many ways of the WWE. It's ridiculous. When you go to Wikipedia to look for the WWE history, they changed this shit so many times. The undisputed WWE championship, the WWE Universal title. It's, it's ridiculous. And the, again, and I'm going to say this, and I'm going to keep mentioning it. Roman Reigns, WWE title ring, it's not a thousand something days. He probably a thousand something day as the universal champion, WWE universal champion. But now they want to add the WWE world title as part of it. And then they want to combine it to make it look like that's how long, which is stupid. It's stupid. And then people wonder why, like I, like I have a beef with WWE, like she was my former girlfriend. No, because it's called logic and it's called fucking facts. And again, I'm the I guess the heel podcast when I talk about WWE. Well, let me be that fucking heel podcast because I'm not gonna sit back and be hearing bullshit because I'm gonna speak about it. That's just the way it is. So we'll be right back with more Chokeslam Wrestling Report behind the curtain. Hey, what's going on? It's your boy Jada Red Sante, host of Turnbuckle Tabloid, and you're listening to the Chokeslam Wrestling Report. So let's talk about New Japan's pro wrestling power struggle. And power struggle happened last Sunday. And, of course, the main event on that was Will Ospreay versus Shota Umino for the United States slash UK title. But the one thing that in this match um, that I noticed that there was a six-man tag and whatnot where Kushida, I believe it was Kushida and... and um, forgot the guy's name is uh knights um and it was shingo takaji uh, uh lij and i noticed that tamatanga already lost the never open way title to shingo takaji now he won that at uh, destruction on october i believe on october 10th if i'm correct i don't remember the date but he defeated david finley for the for the never open way title and that Ray only lasted 19 days. He lost the belt in Vegas on October 28th. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, so, you know, he already lost the belt to Shingo Takaji. And I'm like, well, that didn't last long. So, and I mean, to be honest, Tama Tonga does not look good as a single wrestler. He's not. I think his brother, uh, Tonga Law, is a better uh, wrestler. And, um, and this... Um, power struggle uh event kind of showed it uh tamatanga is not a good wrestler as far as singles i mean he's still he's i mean he can still hang in there with the best but 
how you lose the belt in 19 days? That's unheard of in New Japan. You know what I'm saying? So seeing that, I don't know what Shingo Takaji, is is he going to give him another title shot? I know that there is a show in Texas, I believe this weekend coming up, uh, called Lone Star something. Um, and Shingo's um, pretty much in that event, he's defending the belt, but it's not against Tamatanga. So now I, I don't know what's going on with that. I don't know if they're going to end up wrestling each other again at Wrestle Kingdom. So this Power Struggles event pretty much just setting up the event for Wrestle Kingdom coming up because, you know, um, usually in November, uh, after, I think after this, um, after this uh, New Japan Strong event, um, that's when they start doing the road to Wrestle Kingdom in, in December. Uh, in the beginning of November to December, so they pretty much do that. Also, there was a uh, a match with uh, just five guys again involved in a tag team. They included um, included uh, uh, what was the guy uh, Onimara and, and, and Sanada versus you know Yoda Sushi and Naido, and again. Just five guys lost again, which makes Sonata again look like a weak world champion. I don't know what's going on with that. Ever since he beat Okada, Sonata has not looked like a great world champion. He they have not pushing him like a great world champion. Um, he doesn't look like a strong world champion, and pretty much they they kind of screwed them. I, I mean, the way I look at it, when he went to Forbidden Door in AEW and they put him in the ring against Jungle Boy for the for the, the bell was on the line and he beat Jungle Boy what nine ten minutes and whatnot and that's when Jungle Boy turned on, on on hook and whatnot. So that alone I'm like okay what the hell is going on? Uh but my 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 question is this uh this whole setup with Naido who won the G one climax event holds the contract is this is is this Naido's goodbye match? Because I don't even think Naido has a contract with New Japan. I may be wrong, but I know last year there was there was a report going around that his contract ended with New Japan and he was wrestling without a contract, which I doubt. But is this his final match where he knows that he's gonna, you know, he's gonna put over Sonata so then Sonata could become, you know, a bigger champion because. Uh, I mean, Osprey's been calling out Sonata for, for a world title shot for the Ben Longest, but as we know, Osprey's on his way out of New Japan um, and whatnot. And um, so what, what is going to happen? You know, so, the, you know, it's it's crazy. I mean, I saw this and I'm like, every time he teams up with one of just five guys, these just five guys just lose all the time. You know what I'm saying? And Sonata looks weak. You know what I'm saying? So David Finley... Still getting white heat in Japan uh, after, and especially what happened to the end of Power Struggle, which I'm going to get to. But uh, pretty much David Finley fought uh, Tangaloa, and he ended up defeating Tangaloa after he hit him with the shillelagh uh, behind the referee's back. Um, you know, again, David Finley right now is the the the, the gaijin that they call it in, in Japan. Uh, it's like when it's guys out of they're not Japanese. He's the hated Gaijin right now in New Japan. Now, is he better than Jay White as far as getting heat? 
he's somewhere there. You know what I'm saying? Now, this 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 uh video that I put or I talked about a couple of months ago about you know this New Japan uh, Bullet Club War Dogs and, and uh, the guys uh, the Rogi Army in New Zealand Bullet Club Gold and AEW. When is this shit gonna happen already? You know what I'm saying? It's, it's got to happen sooner or later. You know what I'm saying? Uh, they were talking about the story. They're saying that people don't have, uh, they don't have faith in David Finley being the leader of Bullet Club. Because if you think about the House of Torture, they got evil as their leader and whatnot. And then you got Bullet Club, you know, the war dogs and whatnot. They listen to, uh, they feeling is, is there going to be some type of stuff going on in Japan next year? So, you know, you got to watch and see. I mean, again, I, I, I was telling my boy, uh, Mike, that, um, you know, um, that when I watch New Japan Pro Wrestling, the, I mean, the, the action and the the, the 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 wrestling itself is so good that when I watch EW, WWE, it, they're not in nowhere. It's like apples and oranges. You know, New Japan Pro Wrestling, I could watch New Japan Pro Wrestling all day. You know what I'm saying? Especially with Will Ospreay there. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, there was a match with Great Khan versus John Moxley. And this match was, the stipulation was that if Great Khan beats John Moxley, he was going to call out the AEW World Champion MJF for a title match in Japan. Moxley and Great Khan ended up getting themselves counted out. And when before, I mean, the match started and they ended up fighting all outside because Great Khan attacked them and whatnot. And they ended up getting counted out. But then Moxley told Great Khan, I'm not leaving Japan without getting my hands on you. They ended up having a match where it was anything goes. It, it, it was a count, pinfall counts anyway. And of course, Moxley was bleeding and whatnot. These guys went at it. And whatnot. It was it was pretty good. I, I like it. But the crazy part was that Moxley pulled out a pair of scissors and cut half of Great O'Conn's um, tail that he carries that his uh, long hair that he got in the back. And Great O'Conn went crazy, started beating on him. These guys went at it like crazy at the end. Uh of course Moxley ended up um hitting the you know the the Death Rider, which they called that in Japan on, you know, Great O'Conn and then choked him out and won the match. And now, toward the end where you saw Great O'Conn going back, he still wanted a piece of Moxley. Now, with that being said, that pretty much shows you that maybe Great O'Conn may cause Moxley a match. You know what I'm saying? Uh, coming up um, with uh, in Wrestle Kingdom because, you know, um, uh, well, Osprey and Shota Umino had the main event match, which was a great match. Where Shota Umino took uh, Will Osprey to the forty-minute mark, and they kind of—and I love this is why I love the commentating in Japan because they give you facts, stats, and all that. It wasn't Kevin Kelly this time; it was another guy, but it was a decent commentating team, and they talked about how uh, Shota Umino pretty much took um, Mister. Will Ospreay to 40-minute mark. Shota Umino has been in wrestling probably two or three years. And why not? He emulates John Moxley. John Moxley, you know, 
does the same move to Moxley. He's wild like Moxley. 40 minutes. But it was after what happened after that. And that was when uh, David Finley came in the ring with a shillelagh when Will Ospreay had called John Moxley to the ring. And he hit Moxley and Will Ospreay with a shillelagh and then decided to grab a, a Malik and pretty much destroy the United States IWGP belt and the UK IWGP belt, destroying them and whatnot. But this pretty much tell us that now there's going to be a new belt. Now, pretty much, I don't think it's going to be a new belt. It's probably bringing back the Intercontinental IWGP belt back and whatnot, which I think they should have never got rid of to begin with. You know what I'm saying? Um, now, the United States IWGP belt, I don't know why they're limiting it, eliminating it, but they pretty much that's what happened. The UK and the United States belts are no longer going to be part of New Japan anymore. So most likely it's going to be the Intercontinental and whatnot, which is pretty good because then you could put the Intercontinental champion versus the AEW International champion. See where I'm going with this? So, which most likely Moxley could beat Orange Cassidy for the belt again. And then we're going to have a Will or uh, uh, David Finley versus John Moxley, belt versus belt. You know what I'm saying? Anything can happen. I just gave you a bunch of matches that are pretty good right now. You know what I'm saying? So, and it makes a lot of sense. A lot of sense, you know? So, uh, also, TJP and Akira ended up winning the New Japan um, Junior Heavyweight Tag League. Uh, but the, the crazy part is what the Bullet Club War Dogs, Clark O'Connor and Dan Maloney, the IWGP Junior Tag Team Champions, they attack. Catch two, which is TJP and Francisco Akira. And after they won the trophy, they had broke one of the trophies. I never saw that. Maloney went and spit at a trophy, which I, I mean, Bullet Club War Dogs are, when, it, when I'm talking about they get white heat, they get white heat. Heel. Okay. My man spit at the damn uh, IWGP Tag League trophy. Okay. And Gabriel Kidd is one nutcase. You know what I'm saying? And Alex Coughlin is another one. You know? So these are the guys that David Finley is the leader of. And these guys are doing all this crazy stuff. So, you know, um, it makes a lot of sense, though. It makes a lot of sense. They're the white heel right now. So, you know, that is my thoughts and my my feedback on the power struggle. I love New Japan. New Japan always bring great shows this year new japan has been giving a lot of great shows and they got one coming up saturday uh whatnot even though that's really new japan strong a lot of the wrestlers there are young wrestlers that they bring in um i think they're gonna have atlantis from new um cmml is gonna be in there so who knows it's, it's gonna be very interesting so we'll see what happens and whatnot we'll be right back with more wrestling news and rumors guys with more wrestling news and rumors and now we're going to be talking about stuff that happened this week rick flair is pissed off at paying uh paul Heyman because comments he made about bobby heenan being dead he got hate with him so apparently paul Heyman came out at the first take with 
Stephen A. Smith back in August when they were promoting SummerSlam with Roman Reigns versus Jay Uso. Apparently, Paul Heyman was asked, "Do he think Bobby Heenan is better than him to that to that event? Something to, to that to that extent." Bobby Heenan then said, "I am the goat," and whatnot. I am the goat. And screw Bobby Heenan, he's dead. Jimmy Hart is still alive, which proves God doesn't answer my prayer. Uh, Rick Flair didn't like that. He said, I know Heyman was being funny on TV, but he was on first take. And Stephen A goes, what do you think of Bobby Heenan? And Heyman goes, oh, he's dead. Who cares? Everybody goes. That's that's to get heat. I, I, well, it got heat with me. The answer is, yeah, he's the greatest of all time. It didn't get over with me at all. He's just being a heel. Be a heel on me. Don't say something stupid about somebody who is the greatest of all time. Now, with that being said, I feel that Ric Flair is overreacting. If he was going to say something about this, he should have said something when it was that comment was made. But all of a sudden now, Ric Flair needs to say something because he just got signed by AEW for two years. It's not four years. It's a two-year deal. So now, you know, he's going around talking about that people are jealous of him because he's back on TV, whatever. Honestly, I wish you was not on TV. Honestly, I wish you wasn't on AEW because, I mean, Tony Khan is going backwards instead of going forward when it comes to AEW. But, I mean, it's, why are you making a big shit about something? And I understand that, of course, Bobby Heenan is the greatest manager of all time. There's nobody better than him. You know what I'm saying? Jimmy Hart maybe comes second. Paul Heyman, uh, right now, Paul Heyman in this generation and whatnot. Yes, he is the best manager there is. But remember, that's not that the managerial spot is no longer around professional wrestling. You know, you don't see that no more like it used to be back in the days. So Paul Heyman, of course, is he's a genius when it comes to wrestling. But you know, he was just being a heel. I, I don't see nothing wrong. He's just being a heel. He just he was in character. Sure, he doesn't believe he's better than Bobby Heenan. I mean, sure he, you know, he he praises Bobby Heenan for the work he did, and he opened doors for guys like him. But come on, you're making a big shit out of this, uh, um, Ric Flair. You know, I think he's just trying to get attention. In my case, Ari Emanuel talks about multiple parties when regarding WWE Raw. So you know that they are moving Raw. Uh, I believe October of next year. Uh, out of, out of uh, I think you would say network. If I'm correct on that, I could be wrong. But according to Ari Emanuel, uh, he provides an update on WWE Raw rights. WWE announced that WWE SmackDown will move to USA in October 2024. So it's SmackDown is moving, while NXT will move to CW Network, which will be Channel 11 here in New York. WWE Raw rights are still up for grab as they deal with USA, as, uh, USA Network expires on October 2024, the deal for WWE's flagship program has yet to be announced, but Endeavor CEO Ari Emanuel said they're having a good conversation with multiple suitors. He said, as it relates to the Raw renewal, we're having really productive conversations with multiple parties regarding Raw. We expect a robust process with Raw. We're very comfortable with Raw precision, and we're going to be patient, measure, calculated with our approach, no specific timeline regarding the announcement so as you can see you know they, they're not going to let anybody know anything that they're doing um so when it happens they'll they'll announce it but right now rules up in the end anybody could take it um 
most likely they'll probably have it in channel uh and NBC Universal uh, and whatnot because I think the plan is to have all these shows under uh, NBC Universal. We'll see if it happens. So we'll see about that. The John Moxley and Wheeler Yuta will team up that the Blackpool Combat Club versus Bullet Club. David Finley and Kenta will be added for New Japan Lone Star Shootout, which will be this Saturday, which I mentioned, which pretty much this was the setup for what happened at Power Struggle on on Sunday when David Finley used his shillelagh to knock out uh, Moxley and Will Ospreay after the match Will Ospreay had webs showed up Umino and he called out Moxley to come to the ring because he was going to challenge him or have, you know, give Moxley a title shot when David Finley decided to grab a mallet and and pretty much break the United States title and the UK title and smash it to pieces. So now we're going to have Blackpool Combat Club versus Bullet Club. Who would have ever thought that would happen? So it's going to happen this Saturday. I think there's other matches included in that. Uh, they also have Ultimo Guerrero will be in action. He will team up with Rocky Romero. And then she settled to face Atlanta, Tyron Mass, and Ultimo Guerrero. So this, I guess it's two Ultimo Guerrero. I don't understand that. Additionally, you got Tom Tamanga, Tangaloa, Kushida, and Kevin Knight will take on Bullet Club Chase Owens, Gabe Kidd, Clark O'Connors, Clark Connors actually, and Alex Coughlin. Finally, Fred Rosser will take on Tom Lawler. And you know how that dumb two don't like each other after their few last year for the New Japan uh, op- uh New Japan Strong Open Weight title. They had a big match where even Tom Lawler shaved Fred Rosser hair that I think was last year or the, uh, the year before. So, uh, very interesting. Tetsuda Naido to undergo right eye surgery on November 7th. Uh, he's going to third eye surgery. So, now my thing is, according to the eye surgery that he's having, um, you can only do it three times. So, it's a muscle paralysis. Uh, paral- Let me say it again. It's muscle paralysis. So, if you have surgery, it won't completely get better. And if you have this surgery, if you continue to wrestle, you'll probably return to the same condition eventually. So he said he just wanted, actually wanted to save his last one when he retires. But even after he retires, important for more than that, I want to cherish the present, which will never come back. So I decided to do it. So he's doing it. So it lets me to believe now that he most likely will probably have his last Wrestle Kingdom and he's probably going to put Sonata over. I could be wrong. But he could put Sonata over. So um, that's very interesting. So the last one of the day, which will be, this was going to be kind of long because, man, NWA and Billy Corgan are be a frick. the dumbest person in the world. Be a freaking idiot. And I say that because they had a deal with CW, okay, deal the way they, for January where they will start having the shows being programmed in uh cw but apparently on one of the pro pay-per-views that they just had nw's sashi whatever the name was uh father james mistral was seeing in a segment with other wrestler supposedly which was not real like they were snorting cocaine and cw members board directors or boards whatever saw this and decided and they were pissed off. So now what is the situation? To see that on TV, you got to be like, 
Whoa, 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 whoa. You have to be the dumbest person in the world just trying to get a TV deal. And here you go and do this stupid move where you may not get the TV deal now. Because if you notice this happened, all of a sudden WWE just made a deal with CW and they're going to have NXT in there. So Eric Bischoff said the cocaine spot at NWA Samhai was stupid and people invest in inventing ways to screw stuff up, you know? And he pretty much talks about it's weird, isn't it, how wrestling still to this day, despite how mainstream, how large it's become now, power has become, still find resonance in this weird spot in television where certain things are just, you know, just off limits. If we're going to watch script the series, I don't know how many I watch where you see somebody doing cocaine or shooting heroin or doing whatever, when they're the cost of the scripted presentation. But yeah, when wrestling steps outside the bounds, and I don't even know where the boundaries are, I don't think anybody else does either. There's no definite right or wrong. It's a matter of taste and judgment at a particular point at a time. So, you know, he said, but if you're using cocaine to advance a character or storyline, you got people throwing flags. I think a lot of it has to do with reason why beer companies still are hesitant to this day to advertise wrestling because it's still either a real or perceived component of the audience, too large of a component of the audience that are children. That's what I think the great area is. Some television executives recognize it for what it is. Some of them are still, oh, no, we don't want to be associated with that. They're fearful of it. But I think TV versus pay-per-view doesn't fucking matter. It's still in the NWA, and it's still your brand. It's still your character that we see on TV. Yes, pay-per-view are seen on television. So now, he said, what was the purpose of them doing this? So he said, what was the purpose of it? He said, you're going to get James Mitchell over? Are you kidding me? That guy's never been over in 20 years. He's been in the business. How is this going to make a difference? The more I think about it, the more pissed off I get because it's the kind of things that really damages the wrestling genre for television. People are inventing ways to screw stuff up. I don't know. I hate when people blow opportunities. They're hard to come by. Folks, they are really hard to come by. Why would you do something that you know you're going to blow up in your face? If you don't know it's going to blow up in your face, get out of the business because you shouldn't be in it. Well, Billy Corgan should not be in wrestling business to begin with. That guy don't know what he's doing. I mean, look what he did with the NWA world title. He took the NWA world title away from Nick Elders, who had it for almost a thousand days. He had the NWA on his back. He decided to take the bell away from him and give it to Trevor Murdoch. Trevor Murdoch never saw a damn arena in his life, never was a main eventer. But you took the belt away from Nick Elders, who was carrying your company because of whatever reason it was, you decided to give the belt to Trevor Murdoch, who then went on to lose the belt to Matt Cardona. Cardona ended up getting injured, and then you go and give the belt to Tyrus, a WWE reject who never was not even in the make car level. He was dancing when he was in WWE. And the guy didn't, what, what, what tickets did he sell? You know what I'm saying? And this is the reason why NWA was stuck on YouTube. They were trying to charge people $5 on Fight TV to watch the brand. 
Nobody was paying for $5 to watch that. I won't even pay $3 to watch that. Okay? Because they still stuck in trying to bring the 1980s type of wrestling. Now they got the little fan base. Let me not just knock it for what it is, but they have the little fan base. But then you go announce that you're not like the other companies. He took a shot at AEW not long ago, talking about taking shots at WWE like other companies to get to get pop. But meanwhile, here you go. You announced that you got a deal with CW, one of the top 20 channels in the United States. Then you go and do this stupid move on pay-per-view thinking that CW higher-ups are not watching your program. Don't you get that they are watching it because they want to see what they're getting themselves into and then you go and do that with Father James Mitchell? And it's true what Bischoff said. Father James Mitchell's never gone. He's never gotten over. He's the same character. He hasn't done anything that I have not seen in the past. But that cocaine part, just definitely agree with Eric Bischoff because that gives the black eye to the wrestling business. You know what I'm saying? You're trying to be like WWE doing shock. That doesn't work now. We're in a different era. So for you to even try to do something stupid like that. Now, it's funny, again, how they messed up. And he comes WWE and sneaking NXT to the CW channel. CW, and, and the word was that CW was not going to give him a time slot on TV. It's that you would watch it on the app. They messed up. And supposedly it was going to be at 2 o'clock in the morning, some shit like that. They were, they, they were planning to put him in. Who the hell is going to watch NWA wrestling at 2 o'clock in the morning? I'm not. That's for sure. But that is it for me today, guys. I, I, again, thank you for supporting the podcast, supporting the Chokesland Wrestling Report. Uh, again, this is another episode behind the curtain. I hope you enjoyed it. There's a lot, a lot of, uh, I think, good quality reporting here. So uh, if you guys want to follow me on social media, you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Also, you can find me on the YouTube channel. Also, I got a, got a lot of content, video content on the YouTube channel. So check that out. Don't hesitate. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell for new uploads. And follow me on Sundays at 12 o'clock and whatnot when I put a live uh, video every week. So check that out. Um, Also, check out my uh, podcast store where I got t-shirts, hats, sweaters, the the Chokesland Wrestling Reports uh, podcast store. And you can find the link is TCWR dot very impressive.com that's tcwr dot very impressive.com you can find your t-shirt your hats your sweaters also you can find me on tiktok the choke sign wrestling report um so it's a little small videos there so again thank you for all your support guys again uh once again um again i thank you for everything you guys uh, doing as far as the audio podcast or again check out the youtube channel a lot of contests and that is it for me today guys i thank you very much for listening and i hope to see you guys next week <laughs>